I'm just the girl next door who believes that the purpose of life is to enjoy, create, and have fun. I believe that as humans, we can have anything we want, and things are always working out for us. Experience has taught me that the path to getting everything you want begins with ease. If you believe in miracles and happily ever after, or even if you just want to, then this is the podcast for you. Hi there. I'm your host, Kayla Rain, and welcome back to Attract It With Ease. Today, I have a very special guest, and this guest has a lot of history with me. In fact, so much history that we even have a child together. This guest happens to be my ex-husband. His name is Scott McKinley. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So glad, so glad that you're doing this and so excited to be part of it for today. Well, I'm happy to have you here too. I want to start out by just explaining to our listeners that you and I actually were estranged for many years, like 10 plus years, right? Yeah. 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 And we, we reconnected maybe about a year ago. And what was funny is that once we reconnected, we actually found out that we have tons in common. In fact, I have the podcast based on the law of attraction and Scott actually has his own business where he does business coaching on the law of attraction. So Scott, I just want to give you a minute to explain what it is that you do and how you use the law of attraction in your work. I, you know, it's crazy. Uh, that's exactly why we're talking again is because I just stumbled and I found your podcast and I was like, no way. Like what? She's got a podcast about the law of attraction. My, and my first thought was just pure happy. Like I was so happy. Like I was just like, because I know where you and I were at, had been at, you know, over the last 10 years. And, um, so about me, what I do, I stumbled into the, the law of attraction, you know, back probably around 2010. Um, and I didn't really start practicing it intentionally until around 2012, when I just decided I was going to test it. And at the time I was working for that accounting school and I was coaching people and I started to coach them with the principles of the law of attraction, with the exercises and the steps that I had learned and tested and, you know, was blown away to find that, oh my gosh, this stuff works. So I started teaching my accounting students that were learning to market and build their small little accounting practices. I started teaching these concepts to them and started having success. So I just got to a place in 2014 where I just said, you know what? I'm tired of teaching accountants. I'm tired of having the same conversations. I want to work with people who were like me. And when I say like me, I know you know what that means. Just stuck. Just the victim. Everything was always happening to me. I couldn't catch a break. There was always conflict in my life. And so I wanted to start working with people outside of the realm of the accounting world. And yes, business other owners. Definitely, I wanted to work with other businesses, but more so I wanted to work with, you know, single parents going through custody battles. Um, my wife at the time, after you and I had separated, but my wife at the time had her own little battle going on with her ex-husband. That really was an opportunity for us to, to practice and apply these things that we were learning. And we started getting different results. And so I wanted to work with people like that. So 
I started to practice um, in 2014, um, but I had intended, I really wanted to work with the coach that I worked with. My, my boss hired this life coach that came in and I was so against it. Like when my boss called me into his office and told me that he had hired a life coach, all I could see was Chris Farley living in a van down by the river. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, what type of a loser is a life coach? Like what, how low do you have to be on the totem pole? And I fought it kicking and screaming. I wanted nothing to do with it. But after 15 minutes of just perspective, because that's really what he brought to me was just perspective, challenge some of the program subconscious responses that I had developed over at that point, 35 years, um, I was blown away. And so when I quit the job in 2014, went out on my own, it was that I wanted, I wanted to be partners with him, but that there, it just wasn't the right time. Part of the reason I wanted to be partners with him was because he has access to a, an assessment that comes from the Ogmandino Institute. Have you ever read The Greatest Salesman in the World? I have, yes. So you're familiar with the 10 scrolls. So this is the Ogmandino Institute and the, the Greatest Salesman in the World. It's just about habits. That's all it is. It's about learning to become aware of your habits and accepting that and then doing something about it. So I wanted this assessment because what it does, it's not a personality test. I mean, you've taken Myers-Briggs, you've taken the color code. I know you've taken all those personality tests. This is not a personality test because you can cheat personality tests. You totally can. Like you can go in and if you want, if we're taking the, the, the five love languages and I want, my, I want my love language to be physical touch so I can get a piece from my spouse, <laughs> I can go in and I can manipulate the answers. What would I rather have? A nice long hug or somebody to give me a compliment? You can cheat those. You can't cheat this assessment. And what it does is it exposes habits. The, the business that I built was based on the concepts that thoughts become things. Well, thoughts are the result of habits. And so if you want to change your thoughts, it really helps to be able to become aware of what those habits are that are driving your thoughts in the first place. We are, we are living and we operate on a program. And I don't think most, I don't think many people are aware of how much of a program is running what we're doing, but we wake up every day and we just, we let that program start controlling us and dictating our actions. 95% of what you do and think and feel by the time you're 35 years old is subconscious. And so what my business is about is helping people to bridge the gap. Like Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. So that's what I do as a coach is I help people become aware of those unconscious programs that are directing their life and, and give them the opportunity and the tools to, to really change them and to, to, to take control of the sub. It's not the subconscious program is not supposed to be in control. We're supposed to be in control and it's supposed to work for us. So that's kind of what I do in a big nutshell. Cause I know that was a lot of time. So I apologize. <laughs> Perfect. Told you so, I'm a talker. <laughs> I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I think at the end of the day, there's so much positivity just in trying to help people and trying to, you know, improve people's lives. So yeah. I think it's great that we've reconnected. I'm so excited to be talking today. And with every episode, I love to start out with gratitude. So today, Scott, I'd love for you to share with us three things you're grateful for and 
it's nice to talk about gratitude, but we really want to talk about why we're grateful for these things, because that's where the emotion and the juices get flowing is when you really dig into why are you grateful for these things? So can you share with our listeners three things you're grateful for and why? I just went to my 23rd Pearl Jam show last week with my two youngest children. I have a seven-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. Um, we were front row. My daughter got a tambourine from Eddie Vedder wow. and my son got his guitar pick. And that was just, uh, I got to take uh, Taylor to uh, his first show back in 2013. He had a very similar experience. So just to be a father that has taken their kids and gave them that front row experience of Pearl Jam, that means a lot to me. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, we are experiencing, it's snowing in Utah today. Crazy. Um, and we're in May. And there are some people that are complaining about it, but man, we need the moisture so bad out here. So I can take some cloudiness and I'm so grateful for the, the rain and the, and the snow that we're getting. And man, I'm just seriously, I say this with all sincerity. I'm so thankful that you and I are talking. I'm just at that point in my life where I just, I'm, I'm ready for love to be the, the, the dominating focus in my life. And it comes in all shapes and forms. And I just, I love being able to, you know, to look at you and go, okay, we made it. Yeah. You know, we, we went through some struggles. We went through some struggles together. We went yep. through some struggles separately, but I love what you do. I love listening to you talk about it. I know it was stuff that you were learning right along the same. We were just parallel learning. Yeah, crazy. Um, and it, and it's interesting, but I love I love being being able to talk about this, you know, here with you. I think it's just beautiful. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So I have three things that I'm grateful for that I want to share today. Number one is the sounds of nature. And that sounds kind of silly, but when I close at work, I'm a manager, so I often have to close and lock up multiple buildings. And so I walk outdoors from building to building to go lock up all of the doors. And I usually have all these thoughts running through my head, thinking about the day and so forth. And the other day I had a salesperson pass me in the, uh, in the yard of, of work. And that person said, oh man, the crickets just sound amazing tonight, don't they? And it was cr crazy to me because I hadn't even like noticed. I was so caught up in my own thoughts and mm. that I wasn't even thinking about how gorgeous the evening was. And I actually, when I started listening, I could hear frogs and I could hear crickets and the wind just softly blowing. And, and now I've tried to be more attentive to that and be so grateful for those moments and those experiences. And I've had a couple moments um, over the last week where I've had mornings to myself. My husband's been at work and I've had the morning to myself and I can hear the birds chirping outside and it's just quiet. And I've really just focused on how awesome it is to have those sounds of nature around us. And I've kind of been oblivious to it for a little while. It's easy <laughs> so, to do. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So the second one is... I am reading a book and I'm going to talk about it a little bit on our podcast today, but it is called Think Like a Monk. And in this book, it talks about how difficult it is for most people to be alone with their thoughts. And that's something that I have really worked on for many years. When I'm alone in my car, I almost never turn on music. I occasionally will listen to a podcast, but for the most part, I just like silence. And when I'm home, I rarely turn on the television. If my husband's not home, I don't listen to music all that often, unless I'm just kind of cleaning or in a mood for music. I love my alone time and be 
the reason for that is that's when I have time to think. And reading this book and realizing that most of the world tries to shut that out, most of the world constantly needs background noise, constantly wants someone around, you know, doesn't like their alone time. And I'm the opposite. That is, has caused me to realize that I'm not the norm. And that's something that I appreciate that that's not a difficulty for me. Wow. And then the third thing yesterday was mother's day. And I realize listeners, when this is released, it will not be mother's day, but it is since we're recording yesterday was mother's day. And I have a child that I've mentioned once or twice on uh, episodes in season one that I have been estranged from. And I just want to publicly say that I am so grateful for my child. And this is a child that I share with Scott and if it wasn't for this person, I would not be a mom. And I know what it's like to be a parent. Um, I have not been involved in this person's life for many years, but I still am so, so grateful for them. And they are truly the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. So I'm a great, I'm grateful for the experience and the time that I've had with that person as well. Mm, That's beautiful. So today, Scott, I wanted to talk about the word ease. And the reason that I picked that topic for today's episode is because the podcast is titled Attract It With Ease. Right. And obviously that kind of implies like that it's easy. And in a sense, it is once you understand how it works, but it's also (laughs) about the hardest thing you'll ever do because you have to constantly be working at it, right? Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what does the word ease mean to you? Hmm. Um, I think it means a couple things. I really do. I think it means um, removing suffering. I think it means removing obstacles. I think it. I think of just seamless. I think of that feeling of when the uh, you're cutting gift wrap and it the scissors <laughs> catch and it glides. I think that's what heroin feels like. I don't know, (laughs) but I would imagine just that gliding, that ease. It's just, there's no obstacle. It's just happening. I think that's what ease means. I love that. You know, I think ease is, is not always easy to describe. So I think that was a great analogy. (laughs) I think a lot of people kind of equate ease to peace. And I think they are similar. I think they have similar vibrations. And so I think when you're trying to understand what does ease mean or, or what does ease even feel like, I think that's what it feels like. It feels peaceful. It feels non-stressful. It feels effortless. And so the reason that I titled the podcast attract it with ease is to me, that is the absolute most key thing in manifesting is learning to be easy about the things that we want. And it's, as a concept, quite simple to understand, but in application is not simple. (laughs) It is, it's challenging because oftentimes when we really, really, really want something, we want to help it along. We want to try and, and people maybe won't like that I'm saying this, but manipulate circumstances. Um, One example is we have a car that we're um, have for sale right now. We're trying to sell it. My husband and I, 
And so when you have someone that expresses interest and then they kind of ghost you for a little bit, you kind of want to pursue it or drop the price and be like, hey, so are you still interested or where are you? You know, reach out to them and, and almost force the sale to help it along. But we found from our experience that doesn't help. <laughs> Once the person's ghosted you, they've obviously lost interest. And so dropping the price or reaching out over and over again, or trying to use tactics to make it sound like, oh, I don't know if it'll last through the weekend. I can't hold it kind of thing. That It doesn't help. It doesn't help. And the way to make things come about is to let go of the need to control everything. Right. So I want to talk to you about, I want you to and I know I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't prepare you for this. Put me on the spot. But I'm ready. Share, share with us one or two things that you have manifested for yourself. Um, just briefly say what it is, but then tell us how those things came about. And what I'm looking for is for you to tell us whether or not it was something that you created the outcome and it ultimately was your control, or if the outcome came about from ways that you never could have foreseen, almost like fell out of the sky into your lap at the way that those things came about. So can you think of one or two things you could share with us? Just one or two? Just one or two. Yes, I can <laughs> definitely think of them. When I first tested the law of attraction back in 2012, <clears throat> you know me, I'm wearing a Pearl Jam sweater. My daughter's got the tambourine. That was the, one of the first things I put on my vision board. I wanted to be front row. I wanted to drink Eddie Vedder's wine. I wanted the set list and the guitar picks. And at that point, I'd seen him seven times and I had never seen him in the front row. I'd always been either on the sides or way back. And so I put that on my vision board. My number in the 10 club is way up there. And at the time, they were they distributed tickets based on seniority. But that's the cool thing about the law of attraction is that it's not always your responsibility to make it happen. It's your responsibility to ask for it and to believe it and to allow it. And I think that that word allowance goes along with ease. If you can allow it to happen and like surrender, you just surrender to how it's going to happen. You're willing to take the action when it comes, but you just surrender yourself to it. Well, so I put that on my vision board. I, I found a picture of a concert and I drew an arrow pointing right in front of Mike McCready's mic stand. That's where we wanted to be right in front of Mike. And um, I wrote the words you on it. I put this on this vision board. And that was in like January of 2013. Well, in the springtime, Pearl Jam announces their fall tour and they say, we're changing it up. We're no longer going to be giving tickets based on seniority. In fact, we're going to have a special pit at the front of the stage. And as long as you've got a membership in the 10 club, you could submit for a lottery to win tickets to be in the pit. And that year was my first time being on the rail with Rick. The next night we were right in the front row. And when Eddie Vedder handed me the bottle of wine <laughs> and I took that sip of wine, like I remember, like that is a moment that time stopped. And I went, what have I discovered? Like, what have I found? Because Kayla, this was just a thought. It didn't happen as a result of me manipulating anything, it simply happened by a desire. That's the starting point of success. And I just, I surrendered to it. I went, look, I want to be front row and I don't know how that's going to happen, but I want it to happen. 
I've seen them now more times front row than I had seen them prior to me deciding I wanted to be front row. Mike McCready recognizes me now. That's he awesome. pointed to me and waved to me in the crowd. <laughs> and it's just a trip. So that's the first one. The second one is um, on that on that vision board, that same vision board. I wanted to go back to Australia. You know, I had been in Australia in the early 90s and I hadn't been back since. And so I put it on there. Now, look, there's a lot of doubt. There is a lot of doubt that comes with expecting a trip to Australia to manifest. And I think this goes along with ease because it's, it's removing the doubt. It's the absence of doubt that lets those things happen. You just have to just train yourself. When the thought comes, you let go of the thought. You don't give it momentum. And it came in the weirdest of ways. I worked for a company. I worked for a, an accounting company at the time where I traveled all over North America. And I taught seminars every weekend. And I happened to be sitting up in Canada with the president of the company. And we were at a, you know, a, a Canadian Bookkeepers Association seminar. And we were sitting out while everybody was in class. And he just leaned over and said, I want to just throw something out there and present it to you. He's like, just humor me, okay? And I said, all right. He said, you know, we send you all over North America. Your, your best cities are in Canada. They're not even in America would you be open to going to Australia? We'd have to send you out for a couple wow. of weeks. We'd start you in Brisbane, bring you down to Sydney, and then have you wrap up in Melbourne, which was actually where I wanted to be. And I was able to spend two weeks in Australia. Didn't cost me a penny. In fact, I made money while I was out there, all expenses paid, got to see the families, got to hang out with the chapels and see the families that I that I you know wanted to go back and, and visit. So two things that... Yeah, I put it on my vision board. I know I was probably manipulating Australia a little bit because <laughs> I I probably dropped it a couple of times saying to the president of the company, we should go to Australia <laughs> or England. You know, why aren't we going outside of the country? We do so well in Canada. And so I think there might have been a little bit of, of, of manipulation there, but it happened. And when I made the request to the universe, when I, when I put that on the vision board, I didn't have any expectation of how it was going to happen. But when the time came, I did the work. When the time to go to the Pearl Jam show came, I got up at six o'clock in the morning after a night of drinking absinthe with friends and drinking <laughs> beers. Rick and I got up at the crack of dawn and got out there and got in line and got the spots in the GA line to be able to be front row. So we did the work, but it started with that desire. I love that. I love, I, I didn't know really either of those. So I love hearing that in your experiences. And I've said this over and over again in season one, but I have learned from my personal experience that every single time the universe has brought me something that I have asked for, it had always come in a way that I could not have foreseen or manipulated. Yeah. And what I mean by that is so many times the way things come about is through a person I've never even met when I made the request or through a resource I'd never even heard of. And so if I had tried to control how something came about, right. um, you know, it never would have been as good, first of all, because I don't foresee all of the resources the universe has at its disposal. I can only see what's like in my, 
you know, peripheral vision. I can only see so many options and so many ways to make it happen. And because of that, we feel like as humans, we feel like we need to try and force it and help it because we don't, we don't know how else it could happen. Right. But the word ease is really about letting go of how, letting go of the details, not trying to figure it out, letting go of the timeline. That's another thing is the universe isn't on your timeline. And when they're going to put things together, it's going to take some time. So that doesn't mean you can't have instant manifestations. Like I've manifested a parking spot many times, you know, there it is, but I only park up front. I (laughs) only park up front and it's there every time. And I go, thanks. I knew it. It's an easy one. But when we're asking for big things, it takes pieces to be orchestrated and it takes the universe time. And so part of the ease is learning to let go of that timeline as well as the how and trusting the process and trusting the universe. There is an Esther Hicks meditation, and I, I'm just a huge Esther Hicks fan, but in this meditation, she talks about how letting go of the how and just really being easy about it shows confidence that it's the people who are trying to manipulate it and trying to make it happen, trying to force it to happen, trying to have conversations and, and get people to help them along are showing their lack of confidence, both in themselves and in the universe. Go ahead. I think it's, it's, it's not just a lack of confidence, but they're focused on the absence. Yes. They're focused on the, they're resisting. They're, they're essentially putting energy into resisting it from actually happening because they're going around going, where is it? Why isn't it here? How come it's not happened yet? And that frustration inadvertently is going out there subconsciously. And the universe is just saying, yes, it just says, yes, it's not responding to your thought as as much as it's responding to your vibration of frustration. And it will return that every, every time. Yes. I love that you're saying this because these are all great reminders from things I've talked about in prior episodes, but I did today want to get into a conversation about vibration because if we understand what ease feels like and Mm -hmm. we understand where it lands on the vibrational scale, vibration is what the universe matches. It's not words, right? It's it brings you an exact match. So just like you said, if your vibration is lack, if you're focusing on how you don't have the thing that you really desire, where you're going to continue to not have the thing that you desire because the universe is going to match that vibration that you're putting out there. Right, right. So when we're talking about vibration and we're talking about like high vibration, high frequency, low frequency, frequency and vibration, they're similar. You can kind of use those terms interchangeably with the law of attraction. When you're talking about low vibration, obviously that's going to be things like sadness, depression, complaining, Mm -hmm. um, fear. All of those things are very low vibration. High vibration is joy and love and happiness, but also up there is calmness and peace and ease. All of those things are actually the highest on the scale. When you think about enlightenment that people talk about, you know, enlightenment is essentially the very top of the scale is what we all, you know, so-called want to achieve, or people talk about trying to achieve enlightenment. Well, getting to enlightenment, if you think about a monk who's supposedly enlightened, right? 
you think about what is a monk's emotions, what are they feeling? What are they putting out there? You know, to me, that is ease. Now it's not saying be a monk. I am reading a book called think like a monk, and I'm getting a lot of good things out of that book. But my point is that when you're talking about calm and peace and ease, those are very, very high vibrations. You looked like you wanted to say something. Go ahead and jump in. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do your listeners understand when you talk about vibration, why and how the vibration happens? Do they understand it? I don't know um, that they do. So feel free to share. I think, I think that that can be a real challenge for people because they hear you go, okay, make sure your vibe is good vibes only, you know? <laughs> and I think that they don't understand it. But Michael Beckwith, who's one of my favorite speakers, he says, when you understand why something works, it works better. So without derailing the conversation, um, this is from a book that I would recommend. I got it out here. It's called The Law of Attraction Formula. The author's name is Christiane Turner. But she goes into the quantum level. I mean, Kayla, if you'd have told me 20 years ago that that I'd be sitting here doing a podcast with you talking about quantum physics, (laughs) I would have spit my beer in your face. (laughs) Here's what she says. We're made up of matter, right? Our bodies, our bones, right? But matter as we know it, from apples to plants to rocks and even humans, consists of cells, which are made of molecules consisting of atoms which are made of protons, electrons, and neutrons, which are made of particles and ultimately pure energy. We're energy. Yes, all matter is energy, including us. Our cells vibrate. If you look at molecules, you notice that they're all vibrating at a different frequency. Our cells vibrate based on the thoughts and emotions that we're having. So what Kayla is teaching you right now about ease and what monks are feeling, those high vibrations of love and joy and clarity and appreciation, that's what causes those cells to vibrate. And that's why your job is to be the guardian of your thoughts and emotions to learn, as Ogmandino says in scroll six, I will master my emotions. Why? Because because they vibrate those damn cells, which attract whatever it is that we're focusing on. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I I 100% agree with all of that. So going back to the conversation about how naturally when we want something, we have a tendency to try and help it happen, try and force or manipulate a situation. A lot of times people's response to me saying, well, just be easy about it. Let it go. We'll just leave it up to the universe. People want to say, well, that's like, 
saying, oh, I want a new job and then sitting around and not doing anything, you know, just like you have to go apply, you have to do things. And yes, you do need to take inspired action. And that, and I've talked about that on prior episodes in season one, but when we talk about what are you supposed to do when it comes to helping your manifestations, it's exactly what we're talking about. The work, so to speak, the, the thing you have to do, the one thing you can do to help a manifestation along is to have an awareness of your emotions at all time, yep. because your emotions are basically telling you how you're vibrating. It tells yep. you what frequency you're putting out. However you're feeling is what you're putting out into the universe. So if you're saying that you want some big, huge, amazing thing that just like a trip to Australia and you're like, that's thousands of dollars. I have no idea how I'll ever be able to get the time off of work. I have no idea how I'll ever be able to afford it. And you're thinking this is this huge request. How can this come about? your vibration has to match that. And if you're sitting around depressed and sad and angry you're or blocking it, yes, you're it's blocking never it. going to happen. You're, <laughs> exactly. you're already blocked. If you're trying to figure out with fear, which is one of the lowest vibrations, you are blocking it, my friend. Absolutely. And one thing that I don't know that people really recognize when they're thinking about the law of attraction is I'm not just talking about your vibration or your thoughts about that manifestation. I'm talking about your emotions about life. In general, when yeah. you go about your day, are you a complainer? When you go about your day, are you someone who gossips and talks about other people or complains about your job? What is your emotion about the day? Not about the house that you're trying to manifest or the new job or the relationship or the weight loss or whatever it is that you're working on. I'm not necessarily talking about your thoughts about that thing. I'm talking about your thoughts about everything. Yeah. George Harrison wrote a book, wrote a song based on a book by Ram Das called Be Here Now. And I think that's it. It's your ability in the moment. You hear people talk about presence. What does it mean to be present? It's your ability in the moment to be the guardian of what vibration and what your intention is. Because that's what it is. Your vibration ultimately becomes what your intention is. And boy, that's a, that's a big job to always be guarding and protecting your intention. So do what you can to anchor yourself. This is something I teach my clients. Is it okay if I share it? Yes. And I got it from the same book by Christiane Thompson or Turner. Um, She teaches just a really simple thing is just get something in your house. Get something in your house that's new, it's different, whether it's a plant. I've got a salt rock lamp over here on my, my bookshelf. It's always on. That's my anchor. That is the message to go, stop. How are you right now? What are you thinking right now? Mel Robbins teaches waking up in the morning and just feeling, just paying attention to how you feel. And, you know, she says she wakes up and she always feels like she's in trouble. She feels like she's disappointed some, somebody or she's done something wrong. And that's the intention that she's starting her day with. And so now her cells are vibrating at that, that, that low frequency. And so what she teaches is to just interrupt it. You have to realize from a neurological stance, it's your amygdala is what's doing you in. It's constantly scanning your area, looking to look for those three things, something you fear, something you hate, or something that might hurt you. That's what we needed as, uh, you know, as species to survive. Our ancestors needed that to be able to have dinner or not become dinner. 
but we don't have that anymore. And so that amygdala still works and we have to learn to hijack the hijack. That will teach you how to just pay attention to what you're feeling in the moment. Like, how am I? I'm feeling anxiety. Okay. Ask yourself, am I willing to attract what this feeling is going to bring? No, it's not. So we replace it. You've got to get to a place where you're aware, you accept it, you interrupt it, and you replace it. So if you need something like an anchor, get something for your house. I mean, I wear these, you know, these beaded bracelets and it's not just to look woke. You know, it's not just to go around looking like I'm just some hippy dippy guy. These, these, they all have a purpose. You know, there's a reason that I wear them to protect me from energy, to remind me to be able to communicate better. And, and so I think you can do something as simple as that. You can get a rock, you can keep it in your pocket. So you feel it and go, oh, that's my signal to just check myself before I wreck myself. How am I doing? And it gets easier. The more you do it, it just gets easier. I love that. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. At the end of every episode, I share an action item with our listeners, something that they can do, that they can apply today to help them with the concepts that we talk about in each episode. I do have something to share today at the end, but I love just that simple little thing. Um, I too wear bracelets and crystals. My house is full of crystals that bring various energies into my space. It's very intentional, but whether or not you believe in crystals, whether you're not you believe in any of that, what you said about finding something or owning something that brings your awareness constantly to how you're feeling. And going back to what you had said earlier, when you were talking about what it, what is our responsibility in manifesting, you were kind of explaining it's first to request, right? Ask. And then, so ask, so go ahead back through those three steps. What, how do you kind of There's bring something? Actually out? four. It's actually four. four. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't give you the fourth one. It's ask first, then you believe. You just believe. You have faith. That is such a huge component to the law of attraction. Because if you don't have faith, you have doubt. And the universe just says yes. So it's ask, believe, allow, surrender, go with it. Don't fight it. Opportunity comes sometimes disguised as temporary defeat or misfortune. And that's why people miss it. But if you can just learn to allow, and maybe the way that that relationship was going to manifest was by this one ending and the relationship that you truly want, you have to just go with it and then receive. So it's ask, believe, allow, receive. When it happens, don't go, oh, that, that, that can't be it. That's not it. <laughs> I know. I didn't think I was going to go to Australia by having to go work for two weeks. That's not the trip that I wanted. That's the blocking. So ask, believe, allow, receive. It's so simple, but yet so difficult. Yep. (laughs) Well, I wanted to go back to that because you said it so quickly in passing and, and that is the key. But along with that, I wanted to tie that into what we're talking about in vibration, because that allowing and the ability to receive is completely attached to us having, allowing ourselves to have 
the emotion and the vibration and the frequency that matches the thing that we're asking for. Because again, if we're asking for something that seems just like way out there, this huge thing, and maybe it's not huge, maybe it's little, maybe it's just, you need a hundred bucks to pay a bill or something, whatever it is, if your frequency, if your vibration, if your emotions are not on the level of what you're asking for, it's never going to come to you. And so that is part of the allowing process. So um, do you have anything else you'd like to add on the topic today? Really quickly, at a client, there's a, there's a cool thing that I teach my clients to do when I first, like basic entry level law of attraction. Um, I call it the red bird. And I just say, I want you to make something manifest. Just think of something. Think of a simple thing. Think of a Rubik's cube. Think of a $2 bill. Um, I did it with a red bird. Think of a red bird um, and allow it. When it comes and you see it on a billboard for, a, you know, a adult diaper advertisement, don't doubt it, accept it. There's my red bird. It just showed up. It came in a form that I didn't expect, but it came. So I had this client and he was doing the red bird assignment and he decided he wanted to see a red fox. So we were actually staying up at Wolf Mountain up in Ogden Canyon. And we had gotten a timeshare with Sean and Melanie. And the client that I worked with at the time was going to come up and meet us um, and do a coaching session there. Well, we just get to the timeshare. We drop our bags off. We barely just said, you take that room. And there's knock at the door. There's the client. He comes in. We just go right out to the balcony. So we're sitting on the balcony and we're talking. And I look at my notes and I go, okay, your, your red bird assignment. How are you doing with that? He said, Scott, I don't get it. I, I, I can't see it. I, I've looked everywhere. I'm, I, I find myself driving home and I'm looking for this red fox and I'm driving through fields going, there's foxes that live in this field. How come I'm not seeing the fox? And I'm just getting so frustrated and irritated, which are low vibrations. Those are low frequencies. <laughs> it's also trying to force it to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And I said, James, let it go, man. Let it go. Allow it to come. It'll come. But your job is to just believe it's coming. But see, he was doubting it. He was becoming impatient. He was getting frustrated. He was now starting to worry. All of those things lead to those fearful, depressive states that people get into. You, you know, Red Fox is just a simple example. So I said, your assignment is to let it go and just let it happen. It will happen. Stop forcing it. Stop looking for it because your focus now is the fact that it's not there. You need to be just allowing it to happen. So we get done with the coaching session. We go back in to the condo. And so he's talking, we're meeting everybody. We're standing in the kitchen and I'm looking at him and I said, James, turn around. And he turns around and there's this beautiful painting of this bright red fox just (laughs) sitting in the kitchen and he teared up and he walked over and gave me a hug. And it's that you guys, it's stop forcing it. Ease means no obstacle, no resistance. And we impose that we create that for ourselves, and that inadvertently creates suffering. And we've got to just start learning that suffering is just not necessary. Let it happen. It'll happen. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And once again, it sounds like it did not come about for him at all the way he pictured it happening. 
He probably thought he was going to see a live red fox run across his path. And of course, and it he normally wasn't specific. He still got what he wanted. <laughs> right, right. My I Pearl Jam tickets didn't come by Eddie Vedder knocking on my door and saying, <laughs> I want you to be my special guest. It came in a different way. But when it happened, I took it and I ran with it, baby. I love that. Okay. So I want to wrap up today's conversation with my action item for our listeners. And I think it's really important that when we talk about concepts of the law of attraction, that we don't just talk about them, but we help people understand, okay, I get what I'm supposed to do, but how do I do it? That's, that's to me, the importance of the action item is where's the how in controlling your emotions and having an awareness of your vibration and so forth. So I said, I was going to talk a little bit more about the book that I'm reading. Think like a monk. The author is Jay Shetty. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, you are. (laughs) So in this book, he actually talks about his experience as a monk. He was a monk for, I think, about 10 years and then left because um, one of his, uh, what's the word, mentors, I guess, told him he would have more value to the world by sharing his experience than actually being a monk. And so he made that decision. So this book is really interesting. I recommend it to anyone that's interested, but he has action items in the book and he talks about how his very first day um, of learning to become a monk, he walked by kind of a classroom of children learning to become monks. And what they were working on was breath work. And he said that that is the very first thing that they teach children is to control your breath because your breath changes based on your emotions. When you're having a panic attack, for example, your heart starts beating, you start like panicking, you know, they tell you to breathe into a paper bag because it helps calm you down. So breath work is one of the very first concepts that's taught in becoming a monk, but Later in the book, he talks about breath work and he gives some actual exercises as to how to control your breath because your breath controls your emotions. Um, Essentially, if you can control your breath, you can change your emotion. When you change your emotion, you're changing your vibration or your frequency. So today's action item, I'm going to explain one of the breathwork exercises. It's super easy, but the goal is to use this exercise whenever you recognize that you're not feeling at ease. So if you notice when you maybe look at your salt lamp or notice the rock in your pocket or whatever you decide to have be your daily reminder, like Scott suggested, when you notice that your emotion is not what you want it to be, or isn't matching the requests that you've made to the universe. And you want to be more easy when you want to let it go. That's when you'll use this breath work and you can do it anytime, anywhere, simply. It doesn't matter if people are looking at you. It's not weird. It's not going to be something where you have to meditate or be in a private situation. So what he describes is he says to breathe in through your nose for a count of four. So literally a long breath in through your nose for a count of four. Once you breathe in, you hold it for a count of four. And then you breathe it out through your mouth through a count of four. So that's the breath work in through your nose for count of four, hold it for a count of four, release it through your mouth for a count of four. And he says, do it 10 times. 
So basically you're doing 12 counts, 10 times. And that if you just shift whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're feeling to focusing on breathing like that for a count of 10, that you will instantly change your emotion and what you're feeling and what you're thinking. If you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling stress, if you're feeling anger, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're feeling will shift by shifting your breath. Scott, do you have any thoughts or comments on that action item? Yes, absolutely. This is a technique that the, the, the military uses. So Navy SEALs practice square breathing. Um, it, it, what mechanistically, cause I know your listeners are going breathing. That's really <laughs> going to help me. Not all your listeners. I'm talking to you. That one guy that was just thinking that I know you're out there. Here's mechanistically what's going on when you're panicking when you're feeling fear, when you're noticing the, the need to, to, to do this type of breathing, it's because your amygdala is the, the almond-sized part of your brain located at the, 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 the rear of your brain is robbing the blood and oxygen from your frontal cortex, which is where logic and reason get their strength. So by breathing this way, you're replenishing the blood and oxygen, you're getting it back to that frontal cortex, and that allows you to think logically. An emotion should only last 90 seconds. There's a great book that I think you should read. It's called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leaders, and it's all about awareness. And it talks about learning to release emotion and breath work is a big part of that. I mean, there's a reason that these monks have been teaching this for thousands of years, you know, but rational progressive thought kicks in and we lose things because of progress and we get caught up with the tonight show and paying our bills and going out to eat. And these basics that Kayla is teaching you guys in this podcast, if you do it, it works. This, this type of breath work will allow you to get the blood back where it needs to go. It works, it's effective, and then it gets you taking over that subconscious program and not being a robot. It gets that higher self in control, your divine soul that's really the one that should be running the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. In fact, I just appreciate everything you've shared today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. One final thing I want to wrap up with is that in season one, I did a giveaway for uh, my listeners where if they left a review, any review on any platform, you can leave a review on uh, Podchaser. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review on um I think Audible, Amazon Music, any review on any platform, you will be entered into a weekly drawing. And in season one, that weekly drawing was for a bracelet with your word of the year, basically your intention for the year. For season two, I actually have created a limited edition, personally designed manifestation journal. And I'll tell you what's different about my journal from any other journal I've seen for manifesting. I'm going to show it to you, Scott. Oh, okay. um, Ooh, I love but it. It's made out of wood. It's from Woodchuck, which is one of my favorite companies. They make wood products, but for every product you, you buy, they plant a tree. So they're oh, giving cool. back to, to the world. But what really makes this journal different than others that I've seen is the pages inside. You write down what you want. You write a few things that you could do 
to take inspired action or to put yourself in that receiving mode. But then it also is like a scrapbook where once you achieve that manifestation, you write down the date, you write how it came about, your thoughts about it, and it has a spot for you to... Yes, it has a spot for you to post a picture. So it has a spot for 50 different manifestations, but you can, they can be big or little, but as you guys, you, you want that, things- you want that. <laughs> I'm telling you being a coach that teaches people this stuff, you want something like that because that will help you get into that pattern of recognizing the abundance and the stuff that's flowing into you. Well, it's funny how we manifest little things all the time, you know, manifest parking spots, manifest a check in the mail, a manifest a sign that things are on track or whatever it is that we ask about. We do little things all the time. It's the big crazy stuff that when they happen, sometimes we just chalk it up to coincidence. Like, oh, wow, that really did happen. And we don't give it the recognition that it deserves, but also being able to look back and recall and remember things you actually asked for that did come about for you helps in your belief in being able to continue to manifest and manifest bigger things. So I'm really excited about this. I have not um, done anything with these other than I gave one to our child. And I gave one to um, a, a sibling, but aside from that, it's a very limited edition because they they cost me a lot to make. <laughs> <laughs> but if you leave a review on the podcast, you'll be entered into a weekly drawing. I will ship it to you in the U.S. or Canada. The shipping will be free. If you are listening from another country and you're interested, feel free to leave a review and. Uh, We'll work out the shipping between the two of us. But yeah, I encourage you, if you're enjoying it, subscribe, listen, leave a review. And Scott, I just so appreciate you being my guest today. Thank you so much. I hope Um, to have you on again. I'm so proud of you. And I don't mean to sound condescending in any way, but just I love that you're doing this because I know that there are people out there that need it. I mean, the world is waking up. There has definitely been a shift in consciousness and people are, you know, people are looking and there's so many books that are out there. There's so many podcasts that are out there, but I know that you will connect with those people that are meant to connect with you and you will be that catalyst. Just like Joe was that catalyst for me and Think and Grow Rich was a catalyst for me. This will come and this will, I mean, the ripple effect that goes out from what you're doing is just beautiful. And I'm so grateful to not only just be talking with you, but to be able to come on. And I love talking about this stuff. I, 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 I'm a coach because I need to know this. And so every conversation I have with somebody gives me that opportunity to go, oh yeah, we should do that too. That's a good reminder. I need to, I need to remember that. So um, just the opportunity to come on here and just get those reminders has been wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you being a guest and I'd love to have you again. I'd love to be back. Yeah. Well, we'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.